Tom. And I'm Kim. And we are Three Old Reds fans coming to you from Studio 82, just down the street from our good friends at Beans, in the heart of Cedarville, in the birthplace of Bumpus Jones. And if you're wondering, Bumpus who, well, download episode six and learn all about who he was in Red's lore. And we'll have more on Bumpus in a future episode as soon as we can make a little trip to the local graveyard. (laughs) But uh, we haven't had a chance to do that yet. Been a little busy. Speaking of the longest day of the year, which today is, how about the last 12 days or so? Two weeks of the year. The longest two weeks of the year. Nine game losing streak, uh, 11 losses in 12 games. Um, But we're still only seven out. Like that matters at this point, I don't think. 11 Um, games under 500. Yeah. Pete Rose said, hey, the Reds don't. Don't uh, rebuild, he says. They reload. Well, I'm sorry, Pete, but they're rebuilding, and they're reloading. Yeah, it's what's it's exactly. It's a rebuild. Um, a reload is we wouldn't have had these down years, right. right? You know, the Cardinals sort of had that reputation for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did that a lot. They did. Um, they replaced very easily. Yeah, uh, but they're not doing it this year, really, and um, the Reds certainly aren't. So. Do we give up? Is this season? Is this are we? Is this time to just really get over that that uh, eternal optimism of spring and just think about next next year? Well, we talked about um, they could be within five at the All Star break. They still have a chance at that. We also said what happens often is they'll go on a one and nine streak. You said that. It's right out of your mouth. And, and the other and, night when it was 1-9. and nine. Instead, they went on a 1-11 and 11 streak. Yeah. Worse than even we thought. So, so I would say that this pretty much took care of the season. When you're 11 games under 500 and not much hope for pitching on the horizon, I would have to say that's about done it. We got a little bit of hope on the horizon, right? We uh, Bailey is coming okay, to Saturday. Okay, that's a very little hope. Brandon Finnegan. Uh, with his start tonight in Louisville, uh, the assumption is if everything goes well, he'll be making his next start at the major league level. So, Kim, are you saying that Finnegan and Bailey are enough? I'm saying in terms of what we've been dealing with, it's hope. It's <laughs> yeah. definitely hope. There is hope. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've got a Reds have to play. I don't know. I'm, you know, when you're 11 games under 500 this time of the year, you want to win a division, you got to go play 600-plus ball the rest of the year. And I think – you get it just because you get a couple guys back then, and another guy later, another guy later, and that. I don't think this becomes a team that plays 600 ball the rest of the year. Right? No, and so that's that's fine. Uh, we're so gonna, if it sounds gonna, like we're a little bit down today, it's because we're a little bit down. We're today. a little bit down. Yeah, ice cream helped. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for Kim for bringing us some delicious Young's ice cream before that. I did see is that our sponsor, Young's? No, no. No, that's free advertising for them. (laughs) We're going to let them hear this and see if they'll pay us five bucks for mentioning their name. You know, I did read a stat the other night that the Reds, since sometime last year, I think on five separate occasions now have lost nine in a row. It leads the majors. I saw that. Right, the next team was probably the Phillies with two or something. And so I, as I sit there and read tweets and comments and articles and some people attacking Brian Price, you could have the greatest manager in the world, and it's not going to change. You need talent on the field. Bobby Bowden said it best. It's not hard to figure out. You get the better players. You recruit the better players. You have the better chance to win. That's right. 
You know, and so good news today with the, uh, I don't know where it's at on the list to talk about, but with the uh, call-ups today, slowly incremental call-ups for Sinzel, Long, and LaValle. Valley going there. Yeah, they're going to double A. Going to, uh, yeah. Well, that's another um, clue to us that the Reds are now in all-out rebuilding mode. And you can argue that they've always been there. But I think now it's even more yeah. obvious. Well, maybe the worst thing that happened to this team to this in some weird in an odd way the worst thing that happened to the to the organization is that the rest of the division was got to such a bad start it's true and the reds hung around in the in the in the, in the race this long and you know you, you sort of get your eye off at least we as fans did maybe they haven't as much as an organization um but maybe we did a little bit and get our eyes off of 2018 and worry think a little bit more about this year because you still want to win and you, you know you you hate to just have a a season that is nothing um mm-hmm. well we've but enjoyed watching this team we have we have and year. i think we'll have more enjoyment they're not going to keep losing 11 out of 12 they're gonna they, you know they're gonna have they've had a couple of days here where they had a lot of guys on base and didn't knock them in and that right. wasn't that hasn't been characteristic of this team and you're gonna they're gonna have days like that um and and so that's happened, and they're going to get uh, some pitching is going to get healthy, and maybe they'll play 500 ball the, after the All-Star break or from July 1st on or whatever the case may be. Maybe they'll kind of like they did last year. Um, and if they do that and arms look healthy and we, we find a couple arms that we think can help us next year, you know, you still, you, you still you get out of ten guys you think can play in the majors, like three of them really make it, right? That's pretty much the yield that you get. So we don't really know. If they do play 500 the rest of the year, guess where that gets them total wins? Something we talked about yeah. several episodes ago. Exactly. Right around 75, 76, which we said several weeks ago, we would take 70 to 76 wins. That's true. Yeah. And so we're on podcast like number six. Eight. Eight. That's what I meant to say. Eight. <laughs> and I think this is the first time, though, that we're saying, uh, I don't know if they're going to make five games out by the All-Star break. No, I mean, it's seven going into we're, – we're recording this on Wednesday, and uh, they lost this afternoon to the to the Rays. And the Brewers are still in first place. Uh, Seven-game lead going into that game tonight, so they chance, stand a chance to be out seven and a half. Um, and there's um, still, what, a couple weeks to go before the All-Star break. Um, so we'll see. They're – there are exactly 17 games to the All-Star break for the Reds. Uh, they're 30 and 41. Um, you know, they'd have to really have a turn it around. They'd have to do something in reverse of what they've just done mm-hmm. to to be in that position. Because um, they lost 11 out of 12, and I think after they swept the Cardinals, where they were like two games out. Yeah. They got very close. So they got to two games. They lose 11 out of 12, and they're still only, they only lost five games in the standings by losing 11 out of 12. So if you go and win six or seven out of ten, you maybe gain two or three games. That's probably about what you've gained. That's what's about the best you could hope to gain. So, the, way the way things are going now. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, hey, if they surprise us and shock us and something great happens, great. But to sit and expect that and expect Brian Price and the management to sort of manage the team – in a way that uh and make deals and do things to try to become a contender this year would be would be i think foolish um and you have to at some point you got to realize and i think they have all along 
Um, we just got a little false, a little fool's gold out there. Uh, what was going on for a while, and that's we were sure enjoying it though. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun, you know, and that'll still be fun. I mean, it's like, you know, like we were talking earlier, Kim. He's like, man, you just had home run Votto hit last night. You know, he hit that one way up and at the trop, and that was great. And we're still gonna enjoy watching him have a good year. Yeah, they um, still hit the ball, which is fun to watch them hit. Well, they had a chance, right? They had didn't they have two guys on base? Yeah, After they the had a home run. <laughs> Who made the last out? Shevler struck out. <laughs> Kim knew it <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Surprise! But, but Shebs, uh, what two hits today? Yeah, two RBIs today. Getting around two fifty-seven. Yeah. If only he can get what? what nah, what? something like two seventy. <laughs> yeah. So Winker's hitting two seventy something in like twelve at bat. So I guess he's an all-star. But anyway, just kidding. Happy to see him. Yeah, it's uh, good to see him be drove, uh, Had a good drive today, a double, right? Yeah. RBI last, or two nights ago, RBI single for two runs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shevler's been such a, I was skeptical beginning of the season, but wow, what a solid addition. He's he's now our great right fielder. Yeah. And, and I, do, do you feel better about him than you did with Jay Bruce? I, I feel I as do. I feel as good. I mean, Jay Bruce came in as a, can't miss prospect. prospect. And so Jay Bruce, unless yeah. Jay Bruce had performed at the level of some other players, you know, perennial guys, you know, Mike Trout type people, <laughs> we were never going to really be satisfied with Jay Bruce. Uh, that was one thing that I think always, I, I always, I mean, he was streaky, don't get me wrong. Yes. But <clears throat> I think that that um, expectation of what Jay Bruce would be, um, uh, he just he just didn't live up to that. Right. A very good major league outfielder, really good outfielder, mm-hmm. and a very you know an above average hitter, above average power guy, p- production guy. Um, and then Shebler is a uh, wasn't that guy. He's supposed to be, you know, a decent you know prospect to, to some level, but not anything like the expectations. Not, not, there. not any not not a first round expectation type of a guy. Throw in throw in on that trade, right? Pretty much, pretty much. I mean, I guess the Reds saw something in him and liked him. Um, and uh, it was, you know, I don't know how, how much of a throw-in he was, um, but that's the way it appeared. You well, know, you know Because Peraza was the main part of that deal. What three players in the National League, I believe the National League, are tied for second in home runs? Um, what three players are tied mm-hmm. for second right now? I believe this is Is correct. it Joey and Shebs? Are, t- are they two Joey, of them? Joey, Shebs, and one more. Probably Jay Bruce. Jay oh, Bruce. Yeah, Jay Bruce is hitting. A ton he's of got twenty. Yeah, he's hitting a yeah. ton of homers. I don't well, know they he, they just showed Eric Thames has twenty. So you you should yeah. you talk about. I thought I thought Thames had about twenty two. I thought he was leading the league. You, you might be right. You talk about no Bellinger is. You he's talk got, about Bellinger's hit twenty two. Then that's what I'm talking about. Then you're well, right. Well, then Thames. I think they just showed him yeah, they were just 20. twenty. Yeah, he's so had a little four. And he's been on. He went on a DL for a short time, didn't hmm. he? So, so. you get. Uh, I'm talking about Shebs replacing Bruce, and, and, and there you go, 20 home runs. Now, interesting enough, 20 home runs, but only 39 ribbies, but you can attribute a lot to that of where he's batting yeah, in the lineup. he's sixth. Right. And and Jeff's always had a hard time with him batting sixth. No, I haven't. I'll tell you what. I think I, it's good. I think it's – I'd love I, to have a guy that's batting sixth. Would you swap up Suarez and, and Shebs right I, now? I texted this, yeah. I think, last night. When he hits the ball square – there's not it. anyone on that team that hits it as hard as he does. No, no. I think you're right. No. That that homer the other night, even a, a, what was it, a single or a double he had, and the, the gap just rocket line drive. Mm-hmm. He really gets it. He really gets behind the ball and mm-hmm. turns that back foot and drives the ball. Yeah, 
So the Reds, even though they're they're having they're struggling, what the Reds do a good job of when things when times are tough is going back to their history um, with their fans. Yeah. And um, I I got lucky and on Saturday got to go see uh, the Pete Rose statue unveiled at, at Great American. A lot of fun because um, most of the Big Red Machine was there. So you had um, of course Rose, the leadoff guy, but then you had Griffey Senior. Joe Morgan, who's in really tough health, he had a hard time walking down the aisle and up to the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, surprised to see how difficult he had. Then, of course, Johnny Bench was there with a hat turned backwards. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Tony Perez, Dave Concepcion. Uh, Geronimo wasn't there, which I was kind of surprised they were all there but him. Jack Billingham was there. I read that. Tommy Helms. Um, so Doug Flynn. Doug Flynn, of course. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Um to see the big red machine again, and the statue's really cool. It's him fl- sliding head first. The guy that sculpted it is actually a Cincinnati guy, Price Hill. Uh, my son and I met him, uh, the sculptor, and he's excited because he grew up, you know, watching the big red machine and mm-hmm. did the sculptor. And they brought in engineers because if you've seen the statue, only his arms are on the ground and his whole body is up in the air, which it took a lot of you know, engineering to get it done. But it's a great addition to Great American right up front okay. um, as you walk up to the stadium. And it's a, it, was a, it was a fun day that even though the Reds are struggling, you know, you look back on the history. And sure. Sold out. Stadium sold out yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was fun. Yeah, and you sent pictures, and I tweeted them, and we got a lot of action on that. So so I think the three old red guys, we need to schedule a game here. Yeah. Uh, here in the near future. We do. We do. Once we get past the... Uh, some things life july 4th and and i just got through uh got got got, uh we just had a wedding in our family this past weekend and which you two were there and uh as you know and so that has been a a busy part of our family life lately so that's that's behind us now and um summer is uh coming summer will go it's here and you know yeah it's today's the first day of summer right so it's always fun even if the reds are not playing well to go to the ballpark yeah yeah well like i said i it was good to get those you sent me those pictures of you and your son there and got to send those out and a lot of people saw those on twitter so just a quick reminder that you can follow us there and um uh, and facebook as well just search three old red fan three old reds fans on any of those twitter facebook youtube pinterest tumblr all those places um you can listen to our app on Podbean, uh, on the Podbean app or their website, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio app, all kinds of other podcast apps and so forth. Just download and listen to them when you can. Listen to them when you find them. Uh, we appreciate it. We're getting definitely more traffic on that lately, so that's good to see. Um, so um, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think um, and so forth. So let's with that, a little more on pitching. So we know Castillo. Luis Castillo, who we got in the Straley trade, is going to uh, and it's going to start Friday night mm-hmm. against uh, uh, against some unknown guy. Yeah, against like Steven Strasburg and the Nationals, who are like you know, you got more hitters than just about anybody, um, and so that's a really interesting. Um, I mean, it's the Royal going on the DL, so they needed to find they need to bring somebody in for Friday, and um, I can't imagine a Royal facing those guys. So. Mm. Uh, it's, yeah, you like me, yeah, Royo. The and we saw everything he said this week. Uh, likely, most likely, we won't. We'll probably never see him start another game. For the Why Reds. do you think they put him on the DL and didn't just release him? 
Uh, when I read it was to give the team and him time to decide what to do. Yeah. Now, what's interesting? What is interesting? I have to say this. You read about the shoulder. You read about the cortisone shots. Yep. But interestingly enough, about three weeks before that, you read, oh, I'm feeling as better as ever, and I'm able to go more. It's the first time I've gotten to this point in the sixth inning where I felt like I could go longer. But he did say the cortisone shots, this was the second round, and they weren't lasting yep. Yep. like they used to. So so you just you just never know. You never know when you hear something, you know, how true is it or not. And you, I certainly believed it. That well, it or how long, long or things could be different two, two, 48 hours later. Right. And a guy's the next time he throws, all of a sudden, oh, I don't feel like good anymore. That's the impression you didn't I hear got. That, though. That's no. the impression I got. No. Is that they weren't lasting hardly at all. Okay. So maybe he had just had a cortisone shot, threw it, felt great, and like Jeff said, forty-eight hours, three days later, it started hurting him again. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he wants to keep using his shoulder and arm and not have Vegas surgeries, right? You're forty years old. You know, hang it up. Right. I mean, I understand. The, I understand the competitiveness and wanting to keep playing and not wanting to give in, but sooner or later, you got to make that decision, and it's, it'd be good for the team too. And and I think he knows that as well. I think he knows he's he's not helping the team right now. Right. And um, you know, when he said that, I felt better. I was kind of like, okay, one last benefit of the doubt. But after that last start, it's like, nah, <laughs> no more benefit of the doubt. Not from Price. Not from anybody. So there's um, no doubt. There is no doubt <laughs> that where where he belongs, and it's just it's too bad it didn't work out. They tried. I give him credit for trying, but uh, it just think, didn't work out. I think out. he was probably good for that clubhouse, don't you? Probably, guys? yeah. Yes. You know, but they got to learn to move on without him. They're going to have him there forever. So maybe he's um, put some things in motion, got some things going, uh, got some guys uh, going in the right direction, and they can take over some leadership and and move keep it moving forward. So um, Castillo, who we've been hearing about. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, came in the Straley trade. At, you know, he had a 258 ERA in Pensacola, um, 80 in the third innings, 81 strikeouts. And the best part, only three, 13 walks. Mm-hmm. So that, that's been a major problem, obviously, all year with a lot of the starters, um, for the most part, has been walking too many guys. Working or, behind or, in the count. Working behind the count or getting, mm-hmm. in a, getting in a in an inning where you, you pitch well for three innings and then you walk the two leadoff guys. And then you can't get it under control and things get out of whack pretty fast. So hopefully, I mean, he's going to come out and face major leaguers. <laughs> uh, he's going to feel more pressure. Um, strike zone is probably going to be a little smaller than it is in Double A. And um, so hopefully he can uh, uh, still not, you know, hopefully he doesn't become a guy who starts walking people. Um, and um, so like we talked last week with Nick, you know, we're talking about these young guys, and and he said, you know, and he reminded us that Johnny Cueto had about 60, 65 starts before Johnny Cueto became Johnny Cueto. Yeah, that was a really good point. He yeah. wasn't really that good for a couple years. That he was average. First start ever was phenomenal, right? Yeah, maybe, but he was pretty he was average for a couple years. Seven of, I think, one hit ball, uh, yeah. no runs and ten strikeouts. Something like that. But he was a 3-4 level starter at mm-hmm. best for a couple years, and then he became the ace. And so we, we're seeing Amir Garrett struggle. I could see Amir Garrett be that kind of a guy. Yeah, that Amir struggles Garrett, for a couple of years. Amir Garrett hasn't thrown, hasn't been, hasn't pitched as long as a lot of these. No, guys. he was a base, basketball player yeah, too. And so. didn't pitch much as a kid. Um, you know, uh, maybe in a year from now, he's a whole lot better. Um, we've seen when you when you see a guy throw three really well for three starts, you're like, okay, we're not giving up on this guy. Right. <laughs> you know, if he had never had any good starts, it'd be different. You know. But he's had some good starts. Now, so. Feldman and, and Adelman, um, 
I don't know. Do you think those guys are four and five starters? I think Feldman is a four or five starters. Adelman, for whatever reason, you have to go look at the numbers and everything. I'm higher on Feldman. I'm higher on Feldman, too. I I don't think he'll ever be more than a four or five starter. No, never more than that. That's all he's ever been. Um, You know, the next question next year will be, will one or both of those guys start the season rotation? And I, I don't know. I mean, just depends on the health of other guys and the, you know, how the guys progress. Who emerges? Right? Yeah. What's What's Castillo do? Does Castillo come in and, and and light the world on fire, or does he get kicked around and take two or a couple years to really be a decent pitcher? Who Dees Clafani's health. I mean, he's twenty four years old. Yeah, Dees Clafani is he is he gonna is he healthy? Is he gonna end up having Tommy John, or is he gonna stay? Is he gonna get back? That's those are big questions. Do we have any indication of why they have not tried Lorenzen? And starting again? No, I mean, he was a relief pitcher in college. The only time he really started was when the Reds tried to make him a starter at one time. Um, he does have more pitches, and he's better than he, mm-hmm. when he tried to start the first time. Yeah, that's a good point Nick made. He's got yeah. two more pitches. Yeah, than he's got that cutter and that sinker, and it's better. Um, you know, I, they don't say that. They just say, no, this is what they're going to do. So I read where Price made mention of the fact that it takes time to change from the reliever to the starter. I think partly, too, is he's been so effective in his role, in his setup role. He could True. close if they needed him to. He's not in Iglesias' ballpark, if you would. But but if, if they continue this route with the starters and they don't have any significant improvement going into next year, certainly could see them working on that in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, with the amount of innings they need out of the bullpen right now, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to see giving him up. Yeah, in the bullpen. I mean, there's been some bullpen stress well, lately. You know, Iglesias has been good, but he did give up a grand slam and that, recently, that right? A, that was an anomaly. That's what you guys told me. Yeah, so we thought Kim was traveling out west, and and uh, you were you were seeing some texts at that point, right? <laughs> yeah. Last, I saw the text. A week ago Sunday when they were playing the Dodgers. Lead. I'm thinking, great, we're finally going to win this game, a game in L.A. And uh, and then one of you said, feel good with this bullpen on the 7-3 lead. And the next thing I saw was Tom's comment, oh, Iggy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked and saw the six runs in the bottom of the eighth, and I'm like, oh, I'm glad I'm on vacation. I'm glad I'm in the Tetons and Yellowstone and wherever, and I don't – get coverage in some of these places. You should have dropped your phone off and not checked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, I was uh, in Billings on a Saturday night, and the season started 48 hours later. Did it? <laughs> I, was, I was hoping to be able to check check out a game. So, you come back from vacation. We've lost nine in a row or whatever it is. <laughs> we win one, mm-hmm. and then we lose two more to the Rays. Um, but the good news is this, you know, despite all that, you know, the draft went happened. We drafted yes. Hunter Green. Everybody's excited about that. Um, some of the other picks, of course, you're always excited about your draft picks. Everybody Jeter always Downs. is. Jeter Downs. Yeah, I forget the kid from Wake Forest, but the outfielder. Yeah. One uh, one baseball expert highly praised the Reds' job. draft. Yeah. And talked about how not only did the Reds do well, but other teams – didn't get it and didn't make good acquisitions, good picks. So we just need Hunter Green to sign, get him started, and let's see what happens. Yeah, we've been saying you need, you need a number one starter to go to the playoffs. How often do and you see And maybe he'll be our guy. 
How often do you see a kid in high school throw 102 miles per hour? And yeah. I'm sure that's topping out. Topped so out. So that's he topping out. He, he was you figure 97, 98. Yeah, so how right. often do you see a high school kid throw 97, 98? He's going to have to develop a, a second, a third pitch mm-hmm. that he throws for yep. a strike, and that's what the major leagues are about. Right, and yep. command will matter more because he can throw that past guys and they'll swing at anything at that level. But um, I would think, okay, so the question is, if, if he only is is a, a hard thrower and he never develops control or a second and third pitch, do they move him to shortstop? Yeah, they'll, he'll yeah because he's he'll get that chance because he's a good hitter. I mean, and people have said some scouts have said he looks like a guy could be a major league shortstop. No, I don't think I don't think there's a hundred percent agreement across the board of oh this guy is a sure bet major league shortstop player. But a lot of people are pretty high on him as a as a defender. No doubt they're going to bring him in as a pitcher. What I yeah, read is uh, as a shortstop. Got got potential, good potential. As a pitcher, he's basically a can't miss prospect. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's what they'll try, and hopefully it'll work out. So there's that good news. Um, Homer bullpen bullpen session today in Louisville. Got Pat went went okay, so he's going to start Saturday against the Nationals. So we get to see at least, you know, we're going to play the Nationals, which doesn't sound promising, <laughs> to say the least. Coming off 11 out of 12 losses. At least we get to see Castillo pitch. Mm-hmm. We get to see Homer Bailey pitch. Yeah. You know, at least there's some uh, reason to sort of watch those games and, and, and more than just watching because, well, the Reds are on, so I'm going to watch. You know, that you, you I'm kind of looking forward to those games. Me too. So, I'm really looking forward to Homer especially. Yeah, and Finnegan's got a rehab start in Louisville tonight, which will probably be his last rehab start. <clears throat> um, and so, you know, you, you sort of mentioned earlier too, uh, talking about Feldman, Adelman, rotation next year. I mean, obviously, if Homer's healthy, DiScalfani gets healthy. If he doesn't have to have Tommy John or anything like that, Finnegan. if Finnegan play, pitches well, um, Garrett's certainly. Those three guys seem like the three guys you would expect for sure. The other two, you know, you got to look at what's Garrett going to do. What's a Castillo going to do? What's a uh, uh, Sal Romano, Sal Romano, Robert, you got Cody Reed, yeah. And Reed's been pitching really well in AAA, but there's, I, it's like, I think they think they rushed him the first time. They're gonna, they're not gonna make that mistake again. That's the feeling I get. Because why is he not the guy coming up and starting? It could be also a timing. We need a guy on Friday. Yeah, the guys so, who's pitched, who, who's who's who can line up and pitch on Friday. That's always part yeah, of that decision. Sure. So most likely we'll see Castillo throw Friday night and go back maybe to AAA. Um, I th- I they'd ca- have to call somebody else up, right? I think that that's probably what. Well, Homer's coming off the DL the next day. That's true. And so, who knows, maybe Finnegan next week. And Finnegan next week. So, yeah. So, I, I kind of figure we'll see Castillo get one, one, one time. And hopefully he does pretty well. But I wouldn't expect to see him stick around um, just coming out of double A. But you never know. You never know what they're going to do. So, um, all right. Throwback player. Who is it? Okay, I'm not going to give you the name. I'm not going to give you the name. I'm going to do a, t- a sizer here, and I like what he did, so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, patterning it. He came over from the Cardinals. He was with the Cardinals when they won a World Series title in 67, played on the same team in 68, who lost a 3-1 lead into a series to Detroit. Three days, um, I'm sorry, the he's day going, after the final game, back. The day after the final game of that World Series, they traded him to the Reds 
along with reliever Wayne Granger for Veda Penson. Uh, with the Reds, he basically batted second. In 69, he hit 305 with 21 homers and 93 ribbies. The next year, batted a career-high 316 with 16 homers and 80 ribbies. He led the National League in stolen bases with only 57. <laughs> well, when I said this, I knew you'd get well, it. Well, I already got I got it uh, like okay. 30 seconds ago. Uh, it was the only time that Lou Brock, his former teammate, did not lead the National League in steals between 66 and 74. Played with the Reds, and then um, one of the games uh, had a, uh, scored all three ones when they beat the Pirates in the NLCS, also hit a home run. Missed all of 71 because of an injury. 72, comeback player of the year. 82 ribbies, 42 stolen bases. Uh, again, they defeated the Pirates that year. He scored on a wild pitch by... Bob Moose. Bob Moose. And the Reds went into the ninth inning that game losing, and yet they won. 73 things went downhill for him. Ended up trading him to the Padres for Clay Kirby. Kirby. And so this was a right fielder for the Reds, uh, a very good offensive player, and not a bad defensive player. So Jeff knows who he is, and uh, that's our throwback player of today. Tommy, you want to take a... I'm going to know it right when you say it, but I can't think of it. I'll give you his initials. Well, well he, he basically bit. had it. He, he, didn't he tear his Achilles? Yes. And By and playing basketball, playing bas- which he was forbidden in his contract to do. And that's and his career was never the same after that. And so, well, he did have the comeback player. Yeah, okay. But then the 73, he had some other the Reds, then he, he started growing a beard back then. Remember, the Reds didn't have beards or mustaches right. and just became really bad. So it ended up not well. So they shipped him off to a place back then you really didn't want to go to, the Padres. And so they rescued Clay Kirby. His okay, initial give, number give me 28. A first name. Bobby. Tolan. There Bobby, you go. Bobby Tolan. You're all over it. Bobby Tolan, our throwback player. That's a really good one, Kevin. He's 71 years old. 71. That's a really good one because uh, he had such great years. He did. He did. Played on that big red machine and. Uh, the seven. Well, he must have Rose must have been hitting first, and Tolan must have hit second. Yeah, right. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah, he got MVP votes in seventy and seventy two. So, who yeah. hit? Who hit third and fourth for the res- uh, bench? Probably hit third, uh, fourth. Well, yeah, Lee May was on that team. Helms, Lee May. Helms might have batted up in that high in the order. Did Helms bat high in the order? He did. Well, Hel- oh Helms, I don't remember. I don't remember where Helms batted. Well, Helms was gone in the '71 because he was in the trade. To, he was in the big trade with the Astros when Morgan came over. But those are our, um, those are a little bit before our time because we were so young. Yeah, early '70s. Batted in front of Alex Johnson. Alex Johnson was a good, wow. good hitter for the Reds. Yeah, I didn't know he hit third. Mm-hmm. So in '72, Alex Johnson hit third. When well, they this went was '69. The... Oh, okay, '69 probably. 72, we, we had, at that time, Joe Morgan. That was Morgan's first year. And it? Bench would have hit fourth. Yeah. Yes. And Perez was probably playing that, right? Yeah, Perez would have batted fifth, That may have probably. been the year that uh, Bench had uh, 40 homers or something like that. Um, yeah. Perez probably had about the same. His best years were early 70s. And yeah. one other Red had like 35 homers. Yeah. I'm trying to, I don't know who that so was. So what did you like about Bobby Tolan when he was with the Reds? Just... Anything special? Just just the fact that he was a... Now, it was only 57 stolen bases. Remember back then, Lou Brock and, and then Joe Morgan. So many guys had lots of stolen bases, but 
he would get on base and make things happen. Uh, and, and had great offensive numbers. Mm-hmm. Just like everybody sits up in their seats when uh, Billy Hamilton gets on base, right? Right. Same type of thing. We'll see what they do. Right. So what was his career batting average? How about you enlighten us? You got it right there. 265. 265. So not quite, not a, 270. quite a 270 guy. <laughs> no, but he... But when his, when his prime in his best years, he was a 300 hitter. And, plus. And plus. And had a 283 season and... <laughs> um, you know, but the, it was good question. The last two or three years was really bad. That's a good question. That's a good question. What was his career batting average? <laughs> yeah, two sixty-five. You knew I was coming for that. Oh, that was good. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Bobby Tolan. I like that. I remember Bobby Tolan. I remember him and wish and was like, "Where'd he go? What happened to him?" All of a sudden, he was gone. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't you know you, you don't think about that much. But um, okay, cool. All right, our geek stat of the week is Sierra, and I don't mean Ruben Sierra. I mean Skill Skill Interactive ERA. Skill Interactive ERA. Yeah, as in earned run average. Yes. So it's another ERA estimator. So it tries to get at the question of what is the underlying skill level of this pitcher. Should their ERA have been higher, lower, or is it about right for their skill level? Based on, I mean, you know, I usually look up, look up the stuff on Fangraphs, and and they're like, here's the guy who. There's a link to the guy who created the formula. It's too complicated for us to explain. <laughs> here's a link to it, and I couldn't get the, the. My internet was slow, and I couldn't get the link to go, so I didn't even see it. it was probably full of parentheses and letters and symbols all sorts of symbols all sorts of stuff and um which wouldn't make much sense to any of us but at the same point it what what's different we talked about xfip and fip before and that sort of ignores balls in play Uh, this does not uh it, it attempts to explain why certain pitchers are more successful at limiting hits and preventing runs um so it says that it gives you more credit for strikeouts than FIP suggests. It says it's it's better. Um, it so says it, it's a better indicator of their stuff. How probably, their stuff probably. Is. So Amir Garrett might be more skilled right now in his career than Bronson Arroyo yeah, is right now in right. his career. Right, and his and his Sierra might look better than his ERA because of that, because of certain his all stuff, kinds of things. Of his yeah. Stuff. See, there's things like, you know, a guy if. You, if you're, uh, let's say, your fly ball percentage is higher than mine, well, I probably give up more home runs, even though my fly ball percentage is lower. Because I'm a ground ball pitcher, but when I give up a fly ball, it's because I threw a bad pitch, and it goes out more often at a higher rate. So it kind of takes some of that into account as well. Um, this The scale is similar as to ERA, so kind of like, if you see an ERA under three, you know it, that's a really good pitcher, right? You, mm-hmm. you say, okay, he's under three. That's that's sort of a benchmark for a pitcher, above or below three, kind of like two seventy for a hitter. Okay, so not really like that. Not but really, but ahead. for some of us. But anyway, <laughs> we, we we're never gonna stop picking on that. Um, but it does make you know. But two seventy, yeah. In some ways, we do look at that number. Honestly, Kim's right. We look at two seventy and think. We see that as a as somewhat of a benchmark. Maybe not as 
distinctly as some people, but we do see that as an as a <laughs> as a as a as a benchmark of some sort. But anyway, so you see that, and so the apparently the Sierra number versus ERA um, is very comparable in terms of you saying that's an average pitcher, above average, awful pitcher, really good pitcher, in between. So, so you, do you happen to have some examples? I have some there? examples. Um, uh, we'll look at the bullpen first. So Glacius ERA right now, and this is going in before today's game um, with the, the final game with the Rays. Um, Iglesias is a 159, but his Sierra is 336. So he's kind of getting lucky sometimes. He does put some guys on base. He certainly does. He's, he, he has his moments of that. Uh, Lorenzen, 305 ERA. Lorenzen's ERA has creeped up over three lately. Um, um, That's what a four-run inning will it, do for you. Yeah, his Sierra is 383. Storin, 245, 423. Peralta, 319. 339. That's sort of the main guys in the bullpen this year. Anybody opposite way? Um, not in the bullpen. In the starting rotation, yes. Um, Feldman 420, 449. Adelman 422, 467. So very similar. Um, Arroyo and Garrett Corsair is over seven. Um, Arroyo 735 and 538. Huh. And, and Garrett 741-511. So the FIP's stats are more of a predictor of the future. This is a little more of a looking back, it says. Um, but in the end, my feeling is like, well, if this number is relatively similar to ERA, then why are we worried about it in some, some degree? So it's there for certain things, but uh, ERA is still what, what most of us, as you said before, Kim, when we were talking about XFIP, we can relate to that. Mm -hmm. And so when you see that number, if you see it somewhere, you're reading a blog post or somebody puts it on Twitter, oh, his, his skill interactive ERA is such and such. If, you, if it says 450, well, you know he's kind of a below average pitcher. If it says it's 289, well, he's really good. He's a good pitcher. Mm -hmm. it, it sort of mimics that in a way. But I can't explain why Arroyos and Garrett's Sierra is lower than their ERA. I'm just giving you the numbers. So just so you have an idea what that means. I, really, I would have expected Garrett, but not Arroyo. Oh, you think of Garrett as having pretty good, some pretty good, some decent stuff, right. but not not Arroyo. So we got the Nationals coming up. Then we got a makeup game in St. Louis next Monday. I saw that. Did you know that? Did you see that on the schedule? Mm -hmm. So they go to St. Louis for one game, then they come back home and play the Brewers and the Cubs. So they are going to get home eventually, Ooh. but the Brewers and the Cubs are coming in. Well, it's interesting how things change with the Brewers. If, if they're the same as they were before. Yeah, or? yeah. I mean, they're still leading the division, and Cubs just swept the Padres, finished off a sweep of the Padres today. Uh, of course, it is the Padres, but the Reds couldn't well, beat the Padres. They took care so. of us. <laughs> so, you know, uh, won't, won't be anything easy. So, who knows? Um, 17 games to the All-Star break. So, I think we mentioned that earlier, but um, we're getting toward that sort of, not exact halfway point of the season, but that that thing that makes us feel like we're halfway through the season in the All-Star break. So, hopefully Kozar will get off the DL soon and keep his lead in the voting. And get a donkey. And get his donkey, yeah. So it'll be fun to see how Homer does, how Castillo does. Yeah. Joey keeps his, what has he got, 21 straight games on base? Yeah, and he's hitting, these guys average up over 300. He just hit his 20th Homer, what, last night? Mm -hmm. If Cozart uh, comes back and it keeps 
you know, doing as well as he has. So yeah. Those are all things that we still have to look for. Right. You know, that's that's the thing. Even when your team is falling apart, that's the thing about baseball. You know, you still got some guys you like and players, and you still hope they have good seasons and, and put up great numbers, and, and that's still fun to do. Uh, the trade deadline will be coming in July, and we'll have a, plenty to talk about then. And uh, The Reds, I, I think – Votto's not going anywhere. Uh, Homer Bailey's not going anywhere. Mazzarocco's not going anywhere. Peraza. Huh? Peraza's not going anywhere. No. But I think, honestly, I don't think they're shopping everybody else, but I think everybody else is tradable. I think Iglesias, even, I think Iglesias is tradable. Even I Billy? Think, I think Billy's tradable. I think Duvall, Shevler, all those guys, if the right mm-hmm. offer comes along and the right kind of thing, I think any of those guys could go. I really I mean, do. How many guys, realistically, of, of these players that you mentioned that are marketable for trades, how many can you trade away without sacrificing the future? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, I, you know, that, that's a question you really don't know until the future comes because, you know, you can say, let's trade this guy, we got Winker. Well, what if Winker is, what if, we, what if a year from now we're waving the guy because well, he can't hit all right, all right, major so league pitching? Let, let's deal with something realistic. Kozar. Okay. All right. Cozart, in all likelihood, even if he's not traded, is probably not on the team next year. Just because he's going to command quite a bit in, in salary. Yeah, he can go free. He can go free agents and free agency and get ten no. or twelve million. So having said that, there. and thinking of the future, Suarez moves to short. Senzel at third. Maybe or Peraza moves to short. Put Peraza at second. Haven't heard too much with Dilson Herrera. Well, like you said, Vado's not going anywhere. You're going to keep Mezzarocco and Barnhart. You saw the stat the other night. Barnhart leads the majors in throwing out runners. It's about, oh, he's got he brings value to the team. Even and, if he's hitting two fifty, he brings value to the so, team. Yeah, do they think that, that Winker can do just as good as Duvall? So when you're starting outfield Duvall. right now, you figure if one of them's traded, and certainly Hamilton with his point two nine on base percentage is, is pretty pathetic. So he's exciting, he puts fans in the seats, he's got if he could only bat two sixty even, we'd take it. I know. Um, can pay, play center field. But do you he's trade Shebler? I mean, Shebler's got to have value. Yeah, he's he does. He's not 270, but he's got to have value. Oh, he's got value. Yeah, I mean, he's. that's why I say they're all tradable. So then you got Jesse Winker. Winker's tradable. One or two of those guys. Yeah. Winker's tradable. I could yeah, s- he is. I could see you could get some another good pitcher for that. Herrera has been hitting pretty well like the last – couple weeks has he he's all his not all his slash line is like starts at like he's his batting recently i don't know if it's two weeks or exactly what it is he's batting over 300 his on base is another 50 points and his slugging is up around 400 and he's something. needed that because he got off to a slow yeah, start so we don't know what we're going to have there no you know the thing is we want we want every guy in the lineup to hit 270 so to speak we want <laughs> Right, but we want every guy hitting higher than that. We want every guy who has some power hitting 25 or more home runs. We want every every guy like that driving in 85, 90 to over 100. You know, that's what we want. That's like the ideal lineup, right? Well, nobody ever has an ideal lineup very much. Even in 70, even in 76, I think Bench hit 230-something. No, so, no, no, no. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So... He, had, he didn't have a very good hitting year. They didn't even have anybody hit 30 home runs that year. I think it's 75, I'm sorry. 75, he had a I'm really good year. I think in the year. year, Geronimo hit 307, and Concepcion hit 281 as but, your 7 and 8 hitters. Right, and that was like 76. But Bench, Bench had a little bit of an off year. 
So nobody ever has that. So my feeling is Billy is very valuable as a center fielder. Yeah. And, and he's very valuable in a lot of ways, but he's an eighth place hitter. Yes, I if, agree. If, if Billy's batting eighth and we got a good leadoff guy, nobody's fussing about Billy. No, but we're I fussing agree. about him because he's batting leadoff. So we've, it, and we haven't had a good leadoff hitter since I don't know when. Bip. Bip, probably. We tried Drew Stubbs and he couldn't hit either. <laughs> and he was a good center fielder. He had some power, but he couldn't bat. He couldn't hit it. He barely hit his weight. So, you know, that there's all those things. So, something for us to talk more about in the future. It'll continue to be talked about. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, I don't think they'll do a fire sale, but I think I expect them to make a move, whether it's Cozart or not. I expect well, them to make some kind of move. I think it'd be interesting for us three old Reds, Reds fans to look at who the, the people are trying to get, you know, in a fight for first place and see what their needs are. You know, see if any of them have an outfield need and an infield need and mm-hmm. and kind of speculate on where someone like a Cozart might go. Yeah. Well, we'll have to do that. You do that. You do the research. Okay. That's, that's your research project. For That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so last week's trivia question, the Reds have had 16 no-hitters in franchise history. Three, three Reds pitchers have thrown two no-hitters. Who are they? And the easy ones. Vandermeer. Vandermeer and Bailey. And Bailey. Vandermeer threw back-to-back in what year? 1938. Bailey threw his in 2012 and 2013. One other Reds pitcher threw two no-hitters in his career as a Red. Who was it? Was it Maloney, was it? Yeah, Jim Maloney. Jim Maloney did? Jim Maloney, and that would have been, what, 69? 65 and 69. How about that? His widow was there. Bench caught the 69 no-hitter, I remember. Yeah, yeah. How about that? So those three guys, and they've had, like I said, 16 altogether. Six of them by three guys. Seaver's the only Hall of Famer to throw wow. one. Tom Browning. Browning had a perfect game. There's a guy, I'd have to look it up, um, way back, and maybe we'll talk about that. Bumpus. So Bumpus. Of course, Bumpus had the first so, no-hitter so in his named, history. We've named nine of them now. Right. There's a guy named Fred Tony. Uh, Yule Blackwell threw one. Wow. Um, there's just a number of guys. I've got the actual list right here. Some guy named Clyde... Shun or Shun, S H O U N in 1944. Um, Horace Hod Eller in 1919. Noodles Hahn in 1900. Noodles. Ted Brightenstein in 1898. Fred Tony in 1917 in a 10 inning. The Reds beat the Cubs 1 0 in 10 innings. Hippo Vaughn was the opposing pitcher, who is, I think, a Hall of Famer. Hippo. We got noodles and we got hippo. Hippo, James Hippo Vaughn, <laughs> who all both of them threw no hitters through nine innings that day. It's the only time in Major League history a game has had no hits through nine on both sides. Wow! And then um, the Reds end up winning it. Uh, Vandermeer, Yule Blackwell in '47, Maloney in '65 and '69. In between was a guy named George Culver. George, Culver. you remember him in remember 1968, second game of a doubleheader at Connie Mack Stadium in Philly. And then, of course, Seaver, Browning, and then the two by Homer Bailey. Um, so really, I mean, in, in my lifetime, there's been, uh, you know, 65 was the first one in my lifetime. But the three that I, the four that I remember are, of course, Seaver, Browning, and the two by Homer. Yeah, me too. So those are the only ones yeah. I know or remember. Browning so. came close to another couple of no-hitters. He, he was close to about three. Yeah, yeah. He had great control. He... You'd love, but, I, but, he, but it didn't seem like he had no hit stuff. That was the thing. 
Tom Browning threw a perfect I was just say, it's I play shortstop, and stuff. I loved playing behind a pitcher who did not dink around. Got the ball, got the signal, yeah. went. You were ready yeah. all the time. And Browning was that type of pitcher. And another thing about Browning, you remember, he gave a bunch of homers, but were there guys on base? No. He minimized the damage. Yeah, he did. He did. He was a good pitcher. And he pitcher. had a great seat one time for a Reds-Cubs game at Wrigley, didn't he? He did. You don't remember that? You don't remember that? Come on, you remember. Oh, Jeff. Well, I don't understand the way, way you're saying You're being it. devoted. Yes, Tom gets it. I certainly He had it. a great seat. He had a great seat during the Cubs game. At he Wrigley left the Field. stadium with his uniform on. Went across the street at Waverly. Oh, okay. Waverly Avenue. Waverly Avenue. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And he was waving. He was waving. Oh, it's too right. late, Jeff. It's I remember now. now. It's I remember now. Why did he even do that? Was He He wasn't pitching that day. Because he was having fun, yeah. yeah. All the Reds' uh, management were not happy. No, no. I remember now. It was a couple of years ago at a game they had him. Was it at Dayton or was it in Cincinnati? They had him sitting out there in the ledge as a joke. Did in his they? Uniform. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Uh, well... Interesting. Okay, so that's a little trivia for you. But we have an actual trivia question for this week, and Tom is going to share that with us. Yeah, it's the first time I get to do a trivia. I kind of feel good about yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> so the trivia question, we're approaching All-Star break in July, and so this is uh, related to that. There is a person. And he, and, oh, oh, oh. All right. There is a player okay. who was elected to the All-Star game at five different positions. So the trivia question is, name the player. That's probably... Most Reds fans can guess that. But that little bit harder is, what five positions was he elected to? What five positions was this person, this player, elected to on the All-Star team? All right. So five of his All-Star game starts. Not his only five by any means, but no. but five of them. All right, good question. All right, so we'll see what happens going forward. That was your first trivia got, question, Tom? That's his first, first one, one he's asked. He rose to the challenge. He did. He did. He, ro- and he did. So we'll see if the Reds can rise to any challenges here coming up. Um, oh. And we'll see. We don't know what's going to happen, but we're pretty sure that this uh, season is not going to continue very well um, in terms of being in the standings in the race. But maybe we'll learn some stuff for next year. Maybe we'll uh, – Get some things sorted out, pitching wise, position player wise. See what happens. So. Still a lot to look look forward to. Yeah, yeah, we can still have fun with it. Yeah, we'll be here. That's right, we sure will. We Raiders don't shine, want to lose. Hitting the, in the home run derby. Oh come on, Shebler. <laughs> come on, I'm Shebs, Shebs I, it. Tim, how did we not guess that Jeff would win? Yeah, Shebs. I think he can win it. I will tell you this: it would be neat to see him in a home run derby. Oh, I would love it. You know his his exit speed. They they've showed his exit speed just tremendous. Yeah, yeah he's pretty high and, on that and list. It would be fun to watch him in a home run derby. But at the, after the second half swoons of Frazier and Duvall, uh, yeah, well, I mean, you I'm, know conditioned, that I'm conditioned. Well, you're just yeah. I don't believe in curses. I'm not talking about curses. It's the All Star curse. It ruins it's the, it's the home run derby curse. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> at least at least Frazier won it. You know. Yeah. At least he did. That was fun. That was fun. All right. Well, join us next time, and we'll be here, and at least we'll have some different starting pitchers (laughs) to talk about next time. And win or lose, we always say, Go Reds. Go Reds.